The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, hoop ball Lakers family? We've got a quick solo pod today from yours truly, JC DeLeon. To, record, to recap the first two games of the season, and so far, so good. Despite the opening night loss to the Crosstown rival Clippers, they bounced back with a decisive win over the Dallas Mavericks and odds-on favorite for the MVP, Luka Doncic, on Christmas Day. Yes, at 1-1, one one, things are looking pretty similar to how last year started, with a loss to the Clippers and then a win over an eventual playoff team. Last year was the Utah Jazz, this year the Dallas Mavericks. And given how well, you know, given how we all know how last season ended, how can you not be excited? To recap the first two games, we'll take a look at my usual five things to be excited about, maybe throw in something that might be a cause for concern. But before we get into that, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Manscaped. Now, 2020 has been the year of things that have been completely out of our control and thankfully 2020 is almost over but there is one thing that you can control and that is shaving your balls our sponsors over at manscaped are here to remind you to do so the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image it's got ceramic blades and skin safe technology that are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellows down low the Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 Nail Kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows, trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. And, man, is that important. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass. Thankfully, though, we're in winter with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner. And it's like having cologne that's designed for your junk. And, yeah, that's obviously important. So go to manscaped.com, use the promo code HOOPBALL, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code HOOPBALL. So, things to be excited about. Uh, Plenty of things to be excited about. Uh, Number one, uh, new Lakers. Every new season brings brings forth new players, and we've all talked and talked and talked about how exciting the offseason was and the potential of how good it could be with guys like Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, Wesley Matthews. Um, but just how good have they been? And, man, let me tell you, they have been amazing. Dennis Schroeder has come out of the gate with nearly a triple-double on opening night with uh, 14 points, excuse me, yeah, 14 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, just 2 assists shy of a triple-double with his Lakers debut. And 18 points in the second game, only got two rebounds, but still got six assists. And so one thing that has been really consistent with Dennis Schroeder is how much relief he's providing to LeBron. People were wondering whether or not LeBron would kind of acquiesce some of the playmaking duties to Dennis Schroeder and vice versa for Dennis Schroeder to LeBron. And 
while the conventional wisdom might have been they were going to share the load, I think in this initial season, as LeBron is getting himself back into more and more shape and more importantly, playoff shape as the season progresses, yeah, Dennis Schroeder is going to be handling the bulk of the playmaking duties, and he's been handling it really well. And he has brought out the entire bag. He's making threes, catching and shooting, uh, provided a lot of rebounding in that first game. He really is kind of the, and you know, not to say, not to any disrespect to Schroeder, but he really kind of is like a poor man's Rondo, and that's what his game reminds you of. He takes command of the entire floor, and he's not as impactful defensively as a health, as a younger Rondo would have been. But one of the things that I've thought about this team and how they're going to be defensively is they're going to be very schematic team. Frank Vogel's going to come up with a way to utilize everyone to their best strengths. And so far, that's really been the case. You haven't, you haven't had, you know, a singular best defender for this Lakers squad. It's really been a whole team defense. They play passing lanes. Once they get steals, they're running. Once they get stops and rebounds, they're running. Um, it was really evident when they came back from 22 down versus the Clippers. That comeback was brought about by fast breaks, stops, just really efficient, good basketball team that this team's capable of playing. So yeah, Dennis Schroeder has been really kind of everything we expected him to be and more. Uh, he's really kind of proven to be that piece that the Lakers really needed last year. LeBron did a really great job of being the point guard for the team last year, but without, you know, aside from Rondo, without there being another true point guard on this team, you know, Caruso is more of a shooting guard, even though he's kind of plays at point guard height. He's really not a true point guard in the sense that, like, Rondo is, that LeBron was last year, that Schroeder clearly is. And so he was an important trade piece. Uh, really happy that he seems to be happy in a Laker uniform. They've already begun talks about extending him. And really, you know, between LeBron, AD, Kyle Kuzma signing his extension, Schroeder's, gonna, Schroeder's you know, talking about an extension with the Lakers. You got to figure if they can lock down THT, figure if they can lock down Montrez, maybe even KCP. Like that's that's a seven man, that's a solid seven man rotation. And of course, we can't forget Caruso bringing an eight. So like this team is really gearing up for a long run of really great, great success. And it's going to be important that there be a true point guard at the helm of that, especially because LeBron is getting up there in age. And so, yeah, Schroeder has definitely proven to be that guy. Secondly, uh, Montrezl Harrell. Cannot say enough great things about Montrezl Harrell. I talked about how, you know, before people were confused about the fit with the Lakers and how is he really going to find a place and – one thing that's always been true about this league is if you can score, there's a place for you on any team. And if you play with effort, there's a place for you on any team. And Trez can do both of those things. One of the concerns has been how is he going to play alongside Anthony Davis and isn't he going to clog the lane? People assume that just because Montrez doesn't shoot threes, he's a low post classic big but one thing that's become pretty evident whenever Montrez is in is they're going to space the floor 
AD is going to space the floor offensively. When Trez is in, Trez is that low post threat, and AD kind of spreads himself out. And even then, and especially with Frank Vogel encouraging Anthony Davis to shoot more threes this year, but in addition, yeah, Trez, he can, when he posts up, he can back down to the basket or he can turn around and face up. And when he turns around and faces up, he could just straight up shoot a mid-range jumper. He's shooting 80% from the field in the first two games, two games in which he scored 17 points and 22 points. And he's also put up <clears throat> seven field goal attempts and then 13 field goal attempts. So in two games, he's put up 20 field goal attempts, and he's made 80% of them. And they haven't all been dunks and layups. Some of them have been mid-range jump shots from when he just pulls up. And so, yeah, for a guy who can score really efficiently, for a guy who just plays with effort, should mention that of the 17 points in the first game and the 22 points in the second game, almost none of those points were called from – were almost none of those points were achieved through plays called for him. There have been the occasional pick-and-roll um, you know, with with uh, Schroeder and Montrez, which is another benefit of Schroeder. Schroeder runs a pick and well, extremely, extremely well. Uh, pick and roll extremely well. Um, back to Schroeder for one second, a point that I forgot to mention is pick and rolls. Yeah, at any point, this team has an offensive option where you can run a pick and roll with Schroeder, and your options are going to be Anthony Davis rolling or popping. Montrez Harrell rolling, LeBron James rolling or popping. Like, so many options with this team, with Dennis Schroeder, but back to Harrell, which is who I'm on right now. Harrell has proven he's an extremely good slip player when he runs a pick and roll. So he can run a pick and slip. And LeBron has, play, LeBron has found him a couple times that way. Schroeder has found him a couple times that way. Schroeder and Harrell together have been playing extremely well. The two of them together have been a dream. They were a dream together on Christmas. They played really well on that opening opening night. Um, yeah, Harrell is just as much effort as he brings, as much energy as he brings. Schroeder and Harrell are both players that bring pieces to this team that they didn't have last year. Last year they didn't really have that high-energy, off-the-bench guy that was just people get excited for him, that people just hate playing against. Like You could argue that maybe Caruso kind of fit that role, but Caruso did it in a different way. Caruso did it in a way that's not exactly highlight-worthy. He does it with team defense. He does it with steals. He does it with deflections. does it with a lot of things that don't show up in the stat line. Harrell does a lot of things that do show up in the stat line. He gets offensive rebounds. He gets putbacks. He gets to the line. Uh, does a lot of really exciting things, runs the fast break. He's just really enthusiastic, and that energy is contagious. So for all the shock and surprise that people had in the offseason when the Lakers signed him, yeah, I get that. I get how it was surprising and it was shocking. But in the end, it's a piece that they, you know, the Lakers must have seen what it is that Harold can truly bring to a team that the Clippers, for whatever reason, didn't value. And I don't know... I don't know how you can't I don't know how you don't value a guy who can score, a guy who plays with effort. Guys like that fit on any NBA team and they've fit on championship teams before and they have 
and, and they will in the future. Wesley Matthews. Uh, to look at his stat line on paper, it's going to seem as though he's not as impactful as people would maybe like him to be. Uh, he's only scored two points in the first two games, uh, made one basket, has missed all four of his three-point attempts. But he's not really here for um, you know offensive purposes. This team has plenty of offensive firepower in Schroeder, Harrell, AD LeBron, obviously. KCP's having a really great start to the year. We're definitely going to talk about that in a few minutes. That's one of my five things. But yeah, Wesley Matthews isn't really here for offensive reasons. He's re- he's here for mostly defensive reasons. He is he can be that singular stopper of a Kawhi, of a Paul George uh, in the playoffs. Didn't do much of that on opening night as Paul George, uh, you know, went on a tear, a tear that he's unlikely to repeat or be consistently uh, able to do. And Wesley Matthews in that first game only played 11 minutes. And so, yeah, his his impact is going to be more minimal than other players. And I feel as though the rotations get refined. He's probably going to be one of the people that uh, is on the back end of the bench and is going to get as many minutes But I believe that there are going to be times in which Wesley Matthews does come up really big for this team. It's just not going to be every night, and it's not going to be super consistent. And he's 34 years old. He's a seasoned veteran that isn't really going to have the opportunity to come up that often. Uh, But there are going to be those moments throughout the season and in the playoffs, more than likely, in which he does come up big for this team. And so his true value will be exploited then. You're not going to find... A lot of his true value hitting right now. Now this segment is about new Lakers and the excitement that we have with new Lakers. And you'll notice that I haven't talked about Marc Gasol yet. And uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later as to why I didn't really mention him in with the other new Lakers in this segment. Um, but the second thing, not a new Laker, but didn't play a whole lot last year. So he might as well be a new Laker. Uh, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, not even 21 years old. The heralded rookie steal from last year's draft. Didn't get a lot of minutes last year. He's someone that was probably a surprising pick to some. A lot of people hadn't really heard of him. A lot of people hadn't really seen him play. Uh, the most intriguing thing about him was his uh, body measurement intangibles. Uh, he has the same wingspan is Anthony Davis but he's nearly eight inches shorter than Anthony Davis he's got hands the size of Kawhi's hands Um, he's just a really intriguing looking player and he had a great preseason as we've all talked about as you've no doubt heard about if you follow any kind of sports Uh, he cooked the Clippers in two preseason games Um, He just had really gaudy numbers in all four preseason games, shot 55% from the field, shot nearly nearly 60% from three, I believe, shot 90% free throw. Just really amazing numbers for this kid. Now, in the first two games of real basketball, yeah, it's time for those expectations to temper just a little bit. Preseason is preseason, and it is easy to... Uh, overlook uh, a lot of uh, positive things that, that happen in the preseason. And he's another one uh, to look at his stats of the first two games, to look at his stat lines, 
nothing about them is really going to jump out at you as being super impressive. Uh, but he has brought in some pretty quality minutes in the first two games. Played 10 minutes in that Clippers game. Scored six points. Uh, Talon has a really interesting um, skill around the basket and how he finishes. Because he has such long arms, he can drive. He doesn't even really need that much clearance around you to be, to be able to reach his arms around and put the ball up and in the basket. And so... And another thing, the veterans really kind of look look to him to help run the offense. And he has had a pretty interesting two-man game going with Kyle Kuzma when the two of them have been in there together. Um, they've both played pretty well uh, bouncing off of each other. And so Taylor Horton Tucker uh, is going to be one of those things to be excited about. It's, you know, you want to temper your excitement a little bit from what you saw from the preseason. He did play extremely well in the preseason. Uh, but now that basketball is uh, for real, uh, his numbers are going to come down quite dramatically. But there's still going to be a lot to be excited about, and he's going to be another one of those persons. This team is going to be full of people who do a lot of things that don't necessarily show up on the stat line um, because of how Frank Vogel has structured this team defense. Number three, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He started the season off really slow last year, so slow, in fact. He was getting really hammered in the media, getting hammered on social media. Had to be one of those players where LeBron kind of pulled him aside and reminded him how important he is to this team. And he had a slow response or a slow start once the season resumed in the Orlando bubble. But in the playoffs and in the finals, KCP came up huge time and time again and I've come to expect that KCP is just going to be one of those players that starts off a little slow but something in that Orlando bubble must have must have awakened him uh, KCP had a really great preseason and so I then shifted my expectation from expecting him to have kind of a slow start to he had such a great preseason I thought he was going to come out of the gates flying and he really has He's played about 23 minutes in both games, scored nine points and eight points re respectively in, in both of those games. Now, yeah, those numbers don't necessarily jump out at you. And, and in that first game, he did a little bit of everything, nine points, two rebounds, two steals, a block, one assist. Uh, but what KCP is doing is he's he's shooting his th he's making threes at 33% right now. He's taking nine three so far in two games. He's made three of them. Um, he's just really reliable. He's made some great passes. And this offense that whips the ball around and is really uh, preachy on ball movement, he's just been a really great part of the offense. And nothing about his start has been slow at all. And you can tell that my cat agrees that KCP has had a really good start. And so... Yeah, that's really it's, it's that's something to be excited about is the start that KCP has had this season. Uh, like I said, he's capable of starting off really slow. You just kind of hope he he picks things up later, but that has not been the case this year. And so I expect really great things out of KCP this year. Number four is our favorite topic, everyone's favorite later topic, Kyle Kuzma. Now, for I think. For a while, I think a lot of people thought Kyle would eventually grow into forming kind of a big three with LeBron and AD. 
at least it seemed that way from the potential that he showed in his rookie year, in his second year. Um, but I think at this point, it's clearly evident that if there's going to be a big three, the third piece is going to be Dennis Schroeder. And for a long time, you know, we've talked and talked and talked about Kyle Kuzma and when he's going to find his rhythm and when he's going to find his fit. And despite all that, I feel like he's had a really good start to this season. I think he is sort of found his sweet spot with this team. I don't know if it's what he truly envisioned. I don't know if it's going to be a superstar turning role for him. But it's going to be a really important role for this team. So far in the season, he's played 21 minutes and then 26 minutes in game one. And he scored 15 points and 13 points respectively. And so he comes off the bench between him and Schroeder or him and Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, they're really nice options on offense. Uh, game two, Kyle shot three for four from three, uh, grabbed some rebounds, got a block, put in really good effort minutes with uh, with this team and so the things that he the things that he learned last year that made him a better defensive player I think are going to translate to this season I think now that his his extension has been signed and it appears as though he's going to be a Laker for a while I think that has sort of helped put his mind at ease I think he's I think he's finally found his fit which I think is is the most important thing um, it's been the most important thing with him talking about fit and rhythm and when's it going to happen. And I think it being him, you know, the question I think with him has been that it being when he's going to become a superstar or an all-star. And I, I just don't, I don't see that ever happening for Kyle Kuzma, but the Lakers as a franchise have a ton of lore and a ton of players who have who have been really important pieces that, that players love, that fans love forever. You know, I could think of, you know, the Shannon Browns and the Smush Parkers and the Eddie Joneses and the Cedric Sabaloses. Like, this franchise has had players that occasionally have all-star runs, but not consistently. But these are players that you walk into any bar in Los Angeles, any Lakers bar in Los Angeles and say the names Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Kyle, you know, throwing Kyle Kuzma, you're going to have a conversation. You're going to have an engaged conversation. And this this is kind of where Kyle is at. I think this is where his career is going to be. I think if he's going to be a lifelong Laker, he'll end up being an important piece. And I think when it's all said and done, he'll be a piece that a lot of fans love, that a lot of fans will think maybe he kind of disappointed, but, you know, at least for this season so far, he seems to have found his place. And his place is going to be between 20 and 25 minutes, between 10 and 15 points. He's going to make a couple of threes. He's going to grab some rebounds, and he's going to go back to the bench. And whether or not that's enough for him, only he can answer. Whether or not that's going to make him happy, only he can answer. But that's his most important fit with this team. And as long as he's fitting within that role, he's going to be successful, and this team will be successful. Number five is maybe the most exciting. Uh, I didn't pull up any, uh, you know, any data to correlate exactly how good this one thing has been, but it's pretty evident, and it's just two games. Uh, but it's pretty evident uh, that this team last season had a glaringly huge drop in production 
whenever LeBron and AD would go to the bench. Now, it was so bad to the point where I thought in the first half of every game, there should be no minutes where either where neither LeBron or AD are on the floor. Every minute of every game, in the, at least in the first half, has to have one of LeBron or AD on the floor every minute, if not both of them. And obviously both of them can't play all 24 minutes of the first half, but all 24 minutes need to have at least one of them. The Lakers are no longer in a position where that's a necessity. Now that opening night loss to the Clippers, it happened. Nothing can be done about it now. But there's some important things to glean from that loss to the Clippers. At one point in the second quarter, the Lakers were down 22, and in less than a quarter, in just over five minutes, the Lakers erased that 22-point deficit to a two-point deficit at the halftime. And they did that despite the fact that LeBron wasn't having a particularly good first half, uh, and neither was AD. And so one thing that's been evident is in the first two games is that, yeah, you can manage to sit both LeBron and AD at various times and because you've got Schroeder who can run the offense, who's been running the offense really well. Kyle Kuzma, in his double-digit efforts in 20 minutes, has proven really good offensively. Montrez. Montrez is a beast. You can run an offense, and even if you're running a bad offense, you've got Montrez there to grab offensive rebounds, and he's going to score points that way. Um if you've got nothing left on offense and Montrez is in, just dump it into him, let him face up to the basket, and he'll shoot a mid-range jumper and make it. This team has plenty of offensive options once LeBron and AD go to the bench. And defense, I think, is not a problem because, like I've said before, and I'll keep saying, Frank Vogel schematically is a really great defensive coach, and so you haven't seen singular great defensive performances but when LeBron and AD are not in there this team this team is anchored defensively because if LeBron and AD aren't in there chances are KCP is or Caruso is or Marcus will are and so those anchors on defense yeah they play passing lanes they play they get steals deflections if it's a quick make, they can run. They can outlet quick on the inbound and get back on offense equally quick. Um, haven't talked very much about Markeith yet in this pro- this this podcast, but Markeith has been playing really great offensively and defensively. Um, this team, this team is so deep. Yeah, you, you're not 100% reliant on LeBron and AD all the time. LeBron has had 22 points in both games exactly. Uh, not exactly up to par with what he's usually able to do. Um, but the most important thing, as far as LeBron is talking about now, and it's one of the things that I, I said was was what I'd hoped to see, is despite the fact that he's my favorite player, that he's my favorite player of all time, I want to see less minutes for LeBron in, in the regular season. And so far at a one-on-one start, that's happened. He's played 28 minutes in the first the first game, lost to the Clippers and 31 minutes in the decisive win over the Dallas Mavericks. That's what I want. If if the Lakers can play this well, play this efficiently with LeBron at around 30, 32 minutes, man, that is fantastic. He doesn't need to be playing 38 minutes a game. He doesn't need to be playing 40 minutes a game, especially not in December, January, February. Maybe March he can play around 35. April start putting him up to like 38. Get him ready for the playoffs. 
Now, Anthony Davis didn't have a great game in the first game, uh, but he also helped anchor that comeback in that first half. He only had 18 in that first game. And so, you know, I always look at things that are things that are replicable, things that are replicable, things things that can be consistent. And you know, talk you know talking to about that game versus the Clippers. Paul George had an insane game. Shot 13 for 18. We all know Paul George is not going to shoot that well the entire season. Maybe not even in the playoffs. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James both didn't have great games. And that's obviously not going to happen all the time either. So, yeah, a lot of great things to to glean from that game and even in the win against Dallas is maybe the most important thing is that this team can produce when LeBron and AD are getting rest. And that's extremely important. And Schroeder is a huge part of that. Harrell is a huge part of that. Uh, Caruso so far is shooting a little little bit better from three than he was in the bubble. You know, maybe Caruso in year two shooting 48% in 32 games was a little bit of an outlier. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I, I've, since that season, I've expected Caruso to be a better three-point shooter, and he quite hasn't been there yet. But so far this season, he's, he's had a good, uh, good start to his three-point shot. But yeah, um, productive minutes when AD and LeBron are on the bench. That's fantastic. Now, as great as all things have been so far, there is one area of concern, and it seems like it'll take some time to figure out and talked a little bit about it earlier, why I didn't mention Marcus Gasol in the segment with New Lakers, and he hasn't exactly been lighting up stat lines in his first two games. Played with, played with foul trouble. He actually has yet to score a basket in the first two games this season. Offensively, he clearly hasn't had the impact that we thought he might. He hasn't even really gotten very many assists. It's an area of concern, but today's game isn't really 100% reliant on a classic center, and I think the offensive fit will eventually come. Um, he's, still, he's still done well to anchor the defense at times. In only 20 minutes against Dallas, he did grab nine rebounds. And I feel like having a defensive mind like Gasol's is is a luxury, and and we need to remember that, especially when all the other Lakers are lighting it up offensively, to the tune of 138 points against the Dallas Mavericks. There's bound to be one or two pieces that aren't getting in on that high of an offensive action. Um, but while Mark Gasol Mark Gasol is a concern, I don't think it's going to be a disastrous area of concern for the Lakers. I don't think he's going to harm this team in any way. All right, so for those of you that don't know, um, Hootball has finally gotten in on one of the aspects of social media that has taken the internet by storm. Uh, Hootball has a Discord. In that Discord, uh, huge shout-out to Dan Bespris, who's who's helped anchor this thing. Man, this Discord is loaded, and subscribers, I think, would have a really great time here. There is different rooms on fantasy, sit-start fantasy pass, general fantasy pass, trade advice, ad drop, dynasty, rate my team. Dan does his his famous tweet storms he'll do in, in Discord 
wager pass. You've got general NBA, NFL, college football, soccer, all that. Every NBA team has their own Discord room. And so what I've been doing is before I record, I hop into that Laker into that Lakers Discord room and I ask if there if you guys have any questions uh, for the show and people ask them and then the conversation gets started in the room and I love that. But we'll go ahead and answer some of those questions here. Um, so Corbin F actually has a really sorry, not Corbin F. Uh, Mora Hammer uh, has a really interesting question. Um, we, Ethan and I talk about how important chemistry is on this team and how great it was that this team seems to really enjoy being around each other and is really kind of the opposite of the Clippers team and, and sort of their lack of chemistry issues. So Mora Hammer asks, as the season progresses, do you see any chance of chemistry problems? Mainly looking at Trez, Dennis, Kuzma, if there are enough shots for everyone and does anyone's ego get in the way? That's a really interesting question. And one observation I've made is I think there's a little bit of concern with Trez in the fact that he very publicly scoffed at the idea that Luke Kennard got $64 million from the Clippers uh, and he obviously did not. And one of the things that's talked about in the media and during broadcasts is how surprised everyone, how surprised everyone is that the Lakers got Montrez so cheap. And so, you know, concern about his contract, I think could be a concern down the road. And as the Lakers are trying to cement this foundation with AD LeBron They've signed Kuzma. They're talking about signing Schroeder. You hope that they can retain THT Caruso. Um, where does Montrez really fit in that mix? Where does KCP fit in that mix? Um, Trez's contract is an area of concern, potentially. Dennis Schroeder, I don't think, is going to be a problem. I think, I think people read too much into the statement of him wanting to start. Um, but as has been evident, him starting hasn't been an issue at all. And so I don't think a chemistry issue with Dennis Schroeder is going to pop up at all. Um, Kuzma is an interesting one. Despite the fact that Kuzma seems to be fitting in and have found has found his role, one observation I've made is I haven't seen... Kyle Guzman kind of smile and have as much fun on the court as he has been. And even, you know, there's one exchange he had with a reporter where the reporter asked about his role and Kyle just kind of gave a ho-hum. We'll see. Um, the fact that I haven't seen him as happy on the court as I have in the past uh, is a little concerning. And I think even though the fact that he signed his extension, I think he's still going to be the constant subject of trade rumors and so that eventually might get to him but any other piece to this team as far as chemistry i have no concerns at all um you know kcp seems happy all, all the guys that they brought back from last year are happy markeith seems extremely happy on this team 
which is really great. Um, and Gasol and his lack of productivity, maybe that could be an issue, but no, chemistry-wise, I think this team will be fine. I think this team is deep enough to where if there is a chemistry issue at some point, it can be easily dealt with. And uh, I don't really see anyone's ego getting in the way, especially especially if you've got LeBron and AD playing less minutes. That just means more minutes for everyone else. And so, yeah, I definitely don't see anyone's ego getting in the way, especially if those two are going to be willing to play less minutes. I don't see how anyone's ego can, uh, can get in the way. And uh, second question in the Discord, uh, B. Shavar uh, asks, has there been any team in the first week that you would deem as a threat to the Lakers? Uh, honestly, not in the West. Uh, the Clippers, you know, having beat the Lakers, obviously they're a little bit of a concern. But I don't think depth-wise the Clippers are as much of a concern come playoff time, regular season. Might be a different story. Um out in the East, um, Brooklyn looks tough. Brooklyn looks way better than, than I thought there would be. Uh, KD off of that Achilles looks better than I thought he would be. Kyrie healthy is looking like old Kyrie. Steve Nash has this team playing defense, which I did not anticipate. Steve Nash of the Mike D'Antoni seven seconds or less offense did not see Brooklyn being a defensive-oriented team at all. And so, yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one. Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I think could could definitely be tough because you know to look at the the matchups and superstar for superstar, um, Brooklyn could have an edge in the fact that who do you have really that can guard Kyrie? Um, and Brooklyn's got a little bit a little bit of of really good depth with Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan, uh, you know, center-wise, they would have an advantage over this Laker team. Um, yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's tough. Brooklyn, Brooklyn could be tough. Well, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Thank you guys for sitting in with me. Actually, ran a little bit longer than I thought we would. I thought this was going to be a little quick hitter, um, but I got to go over a lot of pretty good information with you guys. You guys had great questions for us in the Discord. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jcdeleon1. That's also my name in Discord and on Instagram. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. And you can follow the, the show at Hoopball Lakers on Twitter at H-O-P-B-A-L-L-L Lakers. Hoopball Lakers. Yeah, three L's in there. It's easier than you think. Don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, until next time, by the time this gets posted, it might be posted before the Lakers play the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. And if so, Anthony Davis is not going to play that game. That could be a little bit of bad news for the Lakers, and Carl Anthony Towns could go off. But, um, you know, nothing of concern. A little bit of a calf strain for Anthony Davis. Uh, but, yeah, look forward to another win versus the Timberwolves. I think it should, shouldn't be a problem. Uh, and until next time when Ethan and I are both on the record, we are out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.